0: This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. Well, yesterday, Carl Adams of Timberline Sports told us how hot Red Lake was for the opener. Today, Tony Kennedy, large lake specialist out of the Bemidji Area Fisheries Office, will tell us why Red Lake was so hot, and why it should continue to be hot for quite some time. Shorty. The Spotlight is on Red Lake. I won't ever understand why shorties be mad, when all I want to do is stick my toes in the sand. There's nothing wrong with champagne, dancing and such, but the nightlife in the city don't impress me much.
1: F-I-S-H-I-I-N, fishing. F-I-S-H-I-I-N. Fishing. I don't feel right in the club, I'd rather be out, sitting in my 14-footer, catching some trout. The fishes all tremble at the thought of me, when I'm F-I-S-H-I-I-N, Paul Bunyan Country.
0: This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored in part by Bumman State University. You can pursue your passions with a world-class education in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods. The drive to acquire deeper knowledge and develop greater wisdom is already in your nature. So join us on the shores of Lake Bemidji. Minnesota's premier Northwoods University can help you make the world a better place than you found it. Learn more at BemidjiState.edu and schedule a tour today. BemidjiState.edu This is Mandy Ear, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Well, we're checking in once again with Tony Kennedy, Large Lake Specialist out of the Bemidji Area Fisheries Office. And we're headed up to Red Lake and take a look at that. And Tony, uh, we've talked about it uh, with Gary. We've talked about it with uh, people from the region. We've talked about it uh, from so many people. Uh, Red Lake continues to be an incredible story uh, from that restoration point on where we are today, which is as good as it's been in a long, long time.
1: Yeah, it really is, Kev. And what's encouraging to me, you know, from the biology end of things, is that we have a population out there right now, just full of young fish. Um, we, we, just like all walleye fisheries, particularly natural walleye fisheries, we sort of ride these strong year classes. And we had a really strong year class in 2009, and another one in 2011. And the one in 2011 was like off the charts—the um, strongest we'd ever seen, even even stronger than the ones when we initially recovered the fishery and that we fished those fish for like six or seven years where they really carried you know the brunt of the harvest with support from other year classes of course we get average to above average reproduction just about every year Um, or at least as much as math will allow you to be above average every year Um, so uh, it wasn't until 2019 that we really saw another big one after 2011 and that's a long time that's eight years that's almost a generation in walleye time so uh, but now we see a, a pretty good 2017. Actually, 2019 is, is very very good. 21 looked strong. 22 looked optimistic last year. So, uh, just lots of young fish, and of course, as as a biologist and as an angler, you need those young fish coming all the time to support these harvest fisheries.
0: Well, certainly, we we have seen the the way this this has been approached. You have a, a formula in place. You work uh, with a number of different uh, groups and and agencies. To make sure we're we're doing things right, and that means that the, the you know the limit changes, and we've seen one fish limits, we've seen two, we've seen three, we've seen four. This year, we're going to see more than than we've ever seen since uh, since the old six fish days, which was a long long time ago.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, we're excited about that. Uh, we you know we we look at Red Lake is managed based on how many spawners we have out there, how many mature female fish you know out there, the egg layers, and Um, we're in our optimal spawning stock condition right now. So that actually gives us a little bit more of a modest target when we're in what we call surplus Then we're more aggressive with our harvest targets. Um, So right now we're in optimal, which means we have what we think is about the right amount of spawning females out there. Uh, But we had a relatively poor year of winter fishing with the conditions, you know, big, Big crack in the in the early season and then lots of snowfall where anglers can't spread out. When you fish on top of each other up there, the, the catch rates suffer. So uh, when we looked at how much available harvest we had uh, for the rest of our harvest here, our, our harvest here actually starts with the winter season. That comes. That's the first half of the harvest year. and then the summer is the second half. So we had a considerable amount of available harvest left and still fall within our target range, and. You know, we we could have probably gone with the regulation we used last summer, which was a four-fish bag limit and one fish allowed over 20 inches. And that helps those early-season anglers, you know, be successful, particularly when those fish immediately post-spawn are on those shoreline breaks. You know, larger males and, and even some females, you know, when we get far enough past the spawn. And we could have allowed anglers to take those, but we thought what made the most sense, given how many young fish we have in the population, was to be more liberal with the bag limit and more conservative with the size restriction. So... The five-fish bag limit, only one fish allowed over 17 inches, will help us really target in, particularly on that 2019-year class. Those fish are 13 to 16 inches, you know, perfect size for eating. And um, that should land us nicely within our target range and uh, without being too hard on those existing spawners um, that are out there that we think are in about the right number. As this 2019-year class reaches sexual maturity, which will happen over the course of this summer and next, um, we we expect we'll see a spike and be back in the surplus condition potentially as early as this fall, but then of course that will liberalize our target for um, harvest standpoint and we can, you know, use a regulation maybe that allows us to take some larger fish.
0: We had uh, talked earlier when we were looking at Cass Lake and, and mentioning how you know Red Lake has typically been a lake that gets as much if not more pressure in the winter than it does in the summer, and with that bad ice this past year, that wasn't the case. And, boy, you can, you can see what just even one slow winter can do.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, it all depends on how we sort of look at, ang- you know, fishing pressure. And there's lots of talk in the fishing world about fishing pressure. And if we look at it in hours, the winter far outweighs the summer because of the sleeper houses, right? That mm-hmm. I think everybody knows that. You rattle reels and all sorts of things to fish, you know, basically the whole time you're up there. You know, if we look at angler trips, it's a little bit more balanced, how many anglers went and fished in the winter versus in the summer. Um, It's a little more balanced. Um, And and it depends on the year. A year like this with a late ice out, the fishing up there, you know, particularly early in the season will be really good. And uh, with some higher water levels, sometimes that will, certainly last year with some higher water levels, uh, even though the pressure sort of fades up there, the, you know, kind of the a bit of a secret about red lake is that sometimes uh, july and august fishing up there from a catch rate standpoint it's it's not what it is in may and june Uh, you know don't misunderstand but it's compared to most walleye lakes it's still very very good Mm -hmm. and um it's just not what red lake is in may so people think well i'm not going to drive up there to only catch 12 walleyes (laughs) or 15 and i want to catch 50 you know well there's still some good fishing to be had
0: Tony Kennedy is the large lake specialist out of the Bemidji Area Fisheries Office. We're putting the spotlight on Red Lake, and there's a lot more to learn next. I'm Kevin Jocker, celebrating another year of patiently educating Kev Jackson on fishing, Paul Bunyan country. Hi, I'm Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. Get hooked on Bemidji this summer, where you can catch fish as legendary as Paul Bunyan himself. From panfish and walleye to pike, bass, and the elusive muskie, Bemidji provides an exceptional fishing opportunity for all. Immerse yourself in the Northwoods setting and experience the natural wildlife Bemidji has to offer. Find out more at visitbemidji.com. I'm Chuck Hasse Leisure Outdoor Adventures, and you're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. One of the things that uh, Red Lake uh, produces a, is a lot of minnows for everybody. We're hearing lots about minnow shortages. What's your situation with the minnows on Red right now? Yeah, well, we are
1: fortunate to have a large spot Hill shiner population and a number of bait harvesters um, that go out and do all the hard work to collect them uh, for the anglers uh, to make them available. And certainly the wind, you know, it's a, it's a hot, sunny day as we record this with lots of wind. And... Uh, That's chewing up that ice. What we really need is the ice to go out and the water temperatures to warm um, sufficiently so that that spot tail shiner uh, spawning occurs before the fishing opener so that we can get those fish, those minnows in shallow and uh, get them in the bait shops. Yeah.
0: One of the cool things that I'm hearing about is it's looking like we're going to see uh, some decent crappie bites again. I mean, we we had that uh, be the story of a, a long time when the, when the walleye population was way down. The crappies took over, and then the walleyes came back. Crappies kind of faded into the background. They were still, you know, they didn't disappear, but they have definitely faded in the background. Now they're getting a little more uh, prominent again.
1: Yeah, that's that's a really interesting from a biology standpoint. It's, it's really interesting. You know, maybe maybe no surprise that they faded. Um, the, even the crappie boom of old was largely made up of a single-year class, the 1995-year class, with some support from 1997. And those, we fished those fish until about 2006, uh, before they kind of finally faded into the background, as you said. And we saw this more recent you know, boom out here, or mini-boom, I would call it. Um, it that's the 2018-year class. And we saw them as one-year-olds, and usually anytime we catch any appreciable number of one-year-olds, we know that there'll be, you know, a few more out there than usual um, in our fall netting. And we saw a considerable number, and, um, you know, we saw them the next year doing our shoreline sanding. We saw them again. And so I started, you know, trying to kind of be ahead of the ball, talking to some of the locals up there and the businesses and said, okay, you know, there's going to be a few more crappies. It's not going to be the, the days of old, but, you know, you can expect to see more, and that was – Two years ago and then nothing happened you know maybe we, we might have doubled our harvest of crappies from you know two thousand to four thousand or you know one thousand to two thousand or something but it was still a very modest number and um for whatever reason now they're at age five this past winter they decided it was time to bite walleye tackle and uh we sure saw uh, a nice little surge of crappie fishing particularly at the end of the winter well-
0: the other fish that uh, has been noted, they're not always easy to find either, but uh, that's probably why there are trophy fisheries There are big northerns in Red Lake, and uh, maybe some of the biggest ones we'll see in our neck of the woods.
1: yeah, certainly you know outside the lake of the woods it's it's one of the better populations um, around, and we actually just finished a a pike survey last week uh, where we do. Um, some trap netting in the tributaries and kept, capture fish on the, during the spawning run and, and get a good size distribution. And we've also been tagging fish, so anglers should keep an eye out for um, little yellow tags at the base of the dorsal fin. Uh, have mm-hmm. a six-digit number on them. You can just Google on your phone "tagged fish Minnesota" and you'll see a form to fill out. Um, you know, you can provide us a tag number, uh, the length of the fish. And then as much additional information as you know you'd like your your name and address if you want to hear about where the fish was caught um, you know an, an email or whatever what have you so um, yeah be on the look when you catch those those northern's for those yellow tags at the base of the dorsal fin on the on the left side of the fish so uh, those pike surveys are fun we see about a thousand fish usually each spring when we do those um, we generally f- sample two years in a row and then take a break for a couple of years and then two years in a row again so. We have about 2,000 tagged fish out there, so um, we're always anxious to uh, to hear about them when the anglers run into them. And we, we tag a number of fish up, you know, between 40 and 44 inches. So wow. there's some there's some big ones tagged out there, as you know, as well as fish all the way down to 13, 14 inches. So no matter how big it is, you might you may find a, a tagged fish.
0: Okay. Um... Another interesting thing that's going on on Red these days. I, you know, talked to uh, Patrick Brown on the on the on the uh, Red Lake Nation side of things, um, trying to bring sturgeon back. Yeah,
1: we actually caught one two not last fall, but the fall before. We saw the first one during our fall gillnet assessment in, in the state waters. Um, those fish have largely been stocked, or maybe even all of them, into the Black Duck River, and you know, down which is a tributary to the lower lake. And we do occasionally hear reports of anglers uh, hooking into a sturgeon on the state waters, but we really we had never sampled one in any of our gear um, until 2021. So it uh, it'll be interesting to see as those fish start to reach sexual maturity. The males are only a few years away from reaching sexual maturity. I believe the first stocking was 2007. So okay. uh, those fish are. What, 16 years old, maybe? So they're they're starting to approach that sexual maturity in an, another few years for the females. And uh, well, it'll be interesting to see if they run some of the other tributaries. There's some good sturgeon spawning habitat in the Battle River. Um, we may see them go up the Tamarack to some of the slightly higher gradient sections. We'll just sort of have to wait and see.
0: Do we have a timeline when we think uh, we'll be able to start sport fishing for them?
1: Well, I know, um, you know, I believe that Pat with the band's, you know objective was to get 20 stock year classes in there and just sort of see what happens but you know there's been some talk of of you know and release, sturgeon seasons um and and that sort of thing so we'll we'll see how they do if we can document some natural reproduction and um and where the stocking efforts go but i know there's some additional efforts being taken to to ensure the stocking can go forward here in the next uh, few years uh, overcoming some some hurdles to egg collection and that sort of thing. So, um, But I think I think the future of sturgeon in that system is great.
0: Still one more segment to go with Tony Kennedy, the large lake specialist out of the Bemidji Area Office. We've got the spotlight on Red Lake. If you love the outdoors and are looking for ways to align your education with future employment in the trades, Northwest Technical College in Bemidji is for you. Explore state-of-the-art technical education in six career paths, Automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology, all in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods, surrounded by more than 400 lakes and, of course, limitless forests. The shortest path to your dream job and a good bite is at NTC, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. Hey, I'm Jason Rylander. The Jason can grow Girl appears like a grown-up. And this is Fish and Paul Bunnies Country. Wrapping it up with Tony Kennedy, the large lake specialist out of the Bemidji Area Office, as we put the spotlight on Red Lake. And Tony, so what is it biologically about Upper and Lower Red Lake that make them such great fish factories?
1: I really think it's the the spawn, the available spawning habitat in lake. You know, we often think about fish, uh, undergoing spawning migrations up rivers and they're, they're very visible. We can see them. Uh, but there's just miles and miles and miles of suitable spawning habitat for walleyes in the lake itself. And, and of course it's big windswept oxygenated water, no silt, you know, sandy gravelly shorelines. And I really believe that's, um, that's really the driver we we actually tried to measure um fry production in the tamarack river of course we all know that the those spawning fish love to run up the tamarack river in the spring and the fishing's outstanding and our estimate of fry uh, emigrating from the tamarack river was just a a very piddly amount (laughs) compared to (laughs) compared to what's occurring in the in the lake you know our our fry wild fry estimates you know, can be up over 100 million walleye fry produced in a year lake-wide. Wow. And we saw, like, a few hundred thousand come down the Tamarack River. So um, lots of of effort going on into that spawning, but maybe not a whole lot of production.
0: We know or we heard that there were some zebra mussels on that lake uh, several years ago, but I haven't heard much since, and it sure doesn't seem to have changed much there.
1: Yeah, you're right. We still have not documented any adults. Um, we do continue to see, you know, increasing numbers of bellagers, which are the larval stage in our zooplankton toes. Um, and I use the word hour loosely. That's the Red Lake Band's um, waters division that's out collecting those samples. Uh, and then the Minnesota DNR staff process those down in St. Paul, so that's a cooperative effort between the band and state. Um, but we've, you know, it's still a, a pretty modest number, but, bell, you know, larval, Stages come from adults somewhere we just have, they're just not abundant enough yet to be able to actually find any
0: okay uh is there is there anything besides that that has anybody concerned on red lake right now
1: well things are moving along pretty good you know the like i mentioned the, a few more bigger year classes the last few years um that's that's always nice to see as far as you know, looking towards the future, even the zebra mussel thing, just to to revisit that, I'm not, I'm not so sure that zebra mussels are going to do real well in Red Lake. And, and even if they did become reasonably well established, I think there's, there's so much wind and ice push in the spring. I think I mentioned the shoreline spawning areas for walleyes. And I think those would largely get scraped clean, um, you know, of any zebra mussel establishment there, um, far as impacting spawning habitat and then the question would just remain do they become abundant enough to impact total lake productivity and there's so many suspended solids you know sediments from from the wind stirring that lake up that um, i guess it remains to be seen but i'm i'm optimistic that we won't see a large impact
0: okay well if if you were a teacher and red lake was your student what grade would you give it well, I probably say
1: this every year and people might get sick of it, but it's, <laughs> it's hard to give it anything but an A, particularly, maybe more so now than even in some other recent years as far as all these young fish coming, you know, and I think there might be some sorting early in the year. I always joke that the first few weeks of the season, the anglers are going to complain that there aren't any fish in the lake under 17 inches because the fish will be immediately <laughs> post spawn and they'll have to get their underfish and then one over seven. And then in August, they'll all say there aren't any fish in this lake over 17 inches because (laughs) there really is a big sort of movement um, of fish from those onshore first shoreline break. Early in the year tends to be bigger fish. And then uh, sometime in about mid-June, the smaller fish seemingly move in and occupy those areas. And so if you just fish those same spots, um, as you did in May and in July, you're going to catch 13-inch fish all day long. And so I always sort of chuckle about that, that, you know, there's – we as anglers are never always, you know, as happy as we maybe should be when we think, "Hey, we just caught fifty fish. That's a pretty good day." <laughs> but we always, we always want it to be even better. We but, do. But I really do think it's it's in really good shape.
0: Okay. Uh, and again, for those uh, who were to wear five fish limit this year. Yep. Yep. Five fish limit. Not more than one allowed
1: over seventeen inches.
0: He's Tony Kennedy. He's the large lake specialist out of the uh, out of the Bemidji Area Fisheries Office, giving us the scoop on Red Lake. Tony, thanks for taking the time today. Yep, no come, Kev. Hey, we got a lot more spotlights to shine in the next couple of weeks on some of the best waters in Paul Bunyan country. But that's it for this time around. I'm Kev Jackson. Thanks, as always, for being here. And when you get out there, good luck. Because I'm fishing Paul